Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. Uh, I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm just joined by Mr Steve Nicholson today. We are uh, a man down as Chris Watson is selling himself in Lisbon. Lisbon? Lisbon. I didn't realise that. I thought he was just staying at home. Is he away in Lisbon, is he? Yeah, no, he's he's gone. Oh, right. Right. uh, Globetrotter. Yeah, well, so I mean, if he's he's listening to this on on a beach somewhere with a... Which he should be. A beer in hand and sunglasses. Which it should be. It'd be unprofessional if he wasn't doing that, <laughs> I, I would suggest. But uh, no, we are reduced to full strength, <laughs> as I like to say. Uh, so you know, you'll be hearing plenty of me, unfortunately, or fortunately. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully not too much of you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say, we're, we're going to be all right now. Chris yeah. sort of, you know, separating yes. us when it gets absolutely. easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, Excellent. we'll right. be fine. Well, let's start with, uh, with Birmingham City then on Saturday. Uh, a one-all draw for... Derby County, they, they fell behind, uh, came back into it straight away. Uh, one, was, that, was that a fair result, Steve? It was a fair result, yeah. Um, disappointing because you know Derby's home record under Guy Rout has been has been good, uh, far far better than the away record. So you know, uh, I think if you have a home game, you know you you want to see your team win. Let's be honest about it. And uh, they didn't do enough to win the game. You know, uh, it would have been harsh on them had they lost the game, uh, but they certainly didn't do enough to win the game. And uh, too many ingredients missing for me uh, during the afternoon. I mean, considering you mentioned about that that home record, considering that home record, and the fact that Birmingham had come into it on the back of six straight defeats, I know that they'd obviously got a new man in charge, and sometimes that can rejuvenate a team. Uh, but considering those factors, was it disappointing that they only took a point from the game? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was never going to be an easy game. As soon as uh, Harry Redknapp was sacked uh, uh, the previous weekend, this game was never going to be easy because uh, I think Harry Redknapp would have, would, would have come here and uh, probably played a more open game, and I think that plays into Derby's hands. I've said and I've written. I don't quite understand why more teams don't come to Pride Park and play a KG tight game uh, flood their own half with players to to kind of uh, deny Derby time and space in which to play uh, Hull came here Derby beat them 5-0 I thought Hull were naive you know and I, I think I said in the previous podcast I did say 10 minutes into that game to my colleague Chris uh, Hull are playing far too much football for the wayside here they're trying to play too early in the game and it cost them and they were punished Uh Birmingham under Lee Carsley and Paul Williams, you know, I knew they'd come, I knew they'd set up the stall to be difficult to beat, get men behind the ball for straight Derby. And uh, after Derby, of course, had been uh, beaten heavily at Bristol City in the previous game, it was the right tactic to do. Because, you know, after 20 minutes when things aren't going well, you know, you get the murmurs from the crowd and everyone's getting a bit frustrated. Uh, so the tactics weren't a surprise, they were the right tactics from Lee Carsley. And, and they went ahead, and at that stage you thought well, they were the perfect tactics. Because mm-hmm. at that moment I thought, well, Derby could be in trouble here. But uh, credit to them, uh, they replied very, very quickly. 
and uh, as I say in the end they got a point which they deserved but they certainly didn't deserve more than a point mm. uh, Did you sort of speak to Lee after the game from his time at Derby? Yeah I didn't actually speak to him personally uh, I listened to his to, to his press conference as I say it wasn't a surprise in the way he set up I mean Derby actually could do with a Lee Carsley type mm. player as he was you know uh, all action in midfield you know energetic uh, closed people down worked hard uh, balanced the midfield so they could do with that type of player Michael uh, Kiffenbelt if you will uh, Michael Kiffenbelt let's not mention Michael <laughs> Kiffenbelt uh, although I, I kind of half expected Lee Carsley to bring Kiffenbelt mm. back into the team because he's his type of player uh, he didn't do that I'm not sure what, what, what the reasons were behind that but, uh, but Lee was always going to make it difficult uh, for Derby uh, and Birmingham certainly did that uh, without really threatening Derby too much themselves mm-hmm. It was a, a frustrating result for the fans and, and the Derby players I mean, do you think that Derby were, were lacking anything on the day? Yeah I mean it's always the same isn't it when you, have, you have, when you have lots of possession you've got to do something with it it's no good having possession mm-hmm. for possession's sake you have to do something with it uh, I must you know, add here it's not always easy though when when the opponent puts players behind the ball when there's a lot of shirts in one half of the pitch. It isn't easy to break it down unless you're Lionel Messi and Derby haven't got one. You know, unless you're that type of player or have that type of player who can suddenly take two or three opponents out of the game in one movement. It's always going to be difficult. The, the the onus on the home side then and the onus on Derby was to somehow find a way round that and break that down. Unfortunately, first half their play was too slow. It lacked tempo. Uh, when they did get into positions of some promise in the final third, uh, they lacked quality. Uh, the quality wasn't there. More importantly, the decision making wasn't there. You know, one of the one of the keys to to what happens in the final third is decision making. It's got to be good, you know. And unfortunately, the decision making of people like Tom Lawrence, who who always looks a threat, but it's got to be some end product on that threat as well. I thought his his decision making wasn't great. Uh, Vyman struggled first half and was never really in, in the game at all. Vidra had one of his uh, so-so days where you know things didn't work and he wasn't involved too much. Nugent similar. Uh, so the, the the four in the uh, four forwards, if you like, it it didn't happen from them. And as I say, Derby didn't have the right ingredients to fully stretch Birmingham or, or put enough intense pressure on a period of pressure on Birmingham so that they crack and in the end I think we had uh, I waited till the 43rd minute to to put um, put down a note to a key moment if you were and mm. that's when uh, Curtis Davis made a good block at one end and then soon after that David Newton had a, sh- a shot saved and that was the only attempt or really attempt on the target from Derby in the first half that's just not enough uh, the uh, fingerless gloves weren't sort of in overdrive then in the they, they weren't no so my, my hands were very warm because <laughs> I didn't really have to do a great deal but uh, no it you, you get the feel sometimes in matches that uh, it's going to be that type of mm. half that type of 45 minutes quite dour quite drab and, and Derby you could see it uh, what I felt was in, interesting and the reason why the game panned out as it did I sensed that neither team wanted to lose mm. Neither team, there was a fear of making the mistake that could prove costly. And sometimes you've got to be braver than that. When things aren't going well, that's when you've got to be brave. It's easy to be brave when you're winning 4 0 at half time, as they were against Hull. Everyone wants to get on the ball. You know, give me the ball, let me see what I can do, and all that. 
the key to bravery in a football match is when things aren't going well do players still want the ball can they still do the right things can they still make the right decisions and as I say first half Derby didn't do enough of those things I suppose they worry about the backlash though that would would come if, if they do lose the ball or, yeah. or give away or, or, indeed, goal, or indeed or indeed the praise that if they do something and it works yes yeah, yeah. And, 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 and players you know players have to realise this and I'm sure they do but you know, if they perform, if they do, if they do well, if they win games, they'll be praised. Mm. And we've done it many, many times. We did it recently against Hull City in the five nil. If they don't, you know, if they don't do the right things, if they if they don't perform well, criticism will follow. That's the nature of the game. It's always been the case, and you know, players have to be strong enough to accept that, and and they certainly have to be brave enough. I say when things aren't going well. Mm. Um, Gary, he, he was he named an unchanged side from the, the Bristol City defeat the week before. I remember, I'm pretty sure I recall you saying uh, on last week's podcast that you would have done the same thing because that that was the side that beat Hull five nil. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, it was that sort of the right decision? Do you think? Yeah, he's, he's had some criticism for doing that. Mm. Uh, what we've got to be careful of. It, 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 it's, it's reacting too much to a result because this is a championship you know Derby will not win every game so fans have to be ready for some disappointment whether it's Tuesday Saturday the following Saturday they cannot win every game they've never gone through the season and won every game so there will be disappointment and that's the same for all clubs so you have to kind of ride those disappointments and not react too much uh, they did win the previous home game against Hull 5-0 and I could understand Gary Routes thinking of, of playing that same team again. Some fans, because of the 4-1 defeat at Bristol City, wanted to see change. Uh, so I, I, could, I could see, you can see the logic of both, of the thinking on both uh, sides there. But, you know, even if it had made changes for, for the Birmingham game, it would only probably have been one or two, if that. Would that have made a huge difference? Probably not on the day because the, the, game, the way the game panned out, the way Birmingham set up, probably not. So uh, the key now will be, of course, uh, what Gary Rowett does for the back-to-back away games coming up, the team he picks for that, uh, the the approach to those games, uh, the shape of the team in those games. That's going to be uh, the fascinating thing. Mm. Uh, one positive from Saturday was the introduction and goal. Uh, for Sam Winnell, his, yep. his first since arriving on loan. Yeah. Um, how did he sort of do? Obviously, it was a, a bit of a short cameo, but he certainly made an impact, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, Sam Winnell. If I was going to bring Winnell on, as soon as Derby went a goal down, and uh, we saw enough, or I saw enough at, at Bristol City when Winnell came on. You, you can see the hunger in there. You can see the desire, the way he plays, uh, busy, working hard, not giving defenders a moment's peace. He's got all of that. So, and, and and as soon as he came on, you know, him and Mason Bennett injected some urgency into the team. Uh, now, the flip side of that, of course, is to say, well, let's be honest, that's what subs for, and that's what they should do. And, and in many ways, it's easier to do that when the team struggled for an hour. It's easy to probably come on and suddenly look, you know, a bit better than what's gone on before, and that, and that's certainly what happened. But take nothing away from the two of those lads, Bennett and uh, Winnell. They both injected something that was missing in Derby and uh, both had of course were involved in the goal Mason Bennett's cross to the back post Richard Keogh, uh 
uh, just reached my tin hat here. Uh, Richard Keogh, who, who was by far the best Derby player on the pitch first half. Uh, just put my tin hat on now. Uh, had a hand in the goal as well. Uh, so he headed the ball back across and, and Winnell just nicked in ahead of Chris Martin. Chris Martin, probably his eyes were lighting up thinking I'm going to get a goal here because he needs a goal. Uh, but Winnell just nicked in and, uh, and scored. He also had a shot after that that was, was saved and Mason Bennett had a chance as well that was... Uh, he was denied with that. Uh, so just for a moment then, you thought, can Derby go on and win this game? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it all petered out after that, really. They didn't really seem to kick on, and uh, in the end it just kind of meandered to to a draw, I say, which, which was a fair result. Mm. Just um, actually quickly on Mason Bennett. He's mm. one of those, isn't he, that you, you sort of you really want him to do well, because he, he was, you know, and still is, Derby's mm. youngest goal scorer, yeah. youngest sort of first-team appearance maker um, you just sort of hope that he kicks on now he's got a, a, new, a new contract uh, at the club and you, you just want him to sort of go yeah. and make that step up don't you yeah yeah again I've been fortunate because I've known Mason a long time uh, I'm very aware of him at, at a younger age mm-hmm. at Derby uh, he he knows that this season's a big season for him I spoke to him about that uh, after the friendly at Macclesfield in the summer uh, very aware of that he's now got himself a, a new contract which, which should give him confidence as well uh, he's now got as you say kick on and see if he can force himself uh, into the team uh, on a regular basis not an easy thing to do you know if you think that, that Derby in the forward area got brought in Tom Lawrence mm. 7 million you know can Mason be in ahead of him not really you know Vidra's in the record signing yeah going to get in ahead of him you know, then you've got Nugent, you've got Winnell, you've got Chris Martin. On the other side, you've got Vyman. Uh, so, you know, it, it, and Johnny Russell. So it's going to be, you know, it, it's, when we say can he force it, it's not straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, you know, it, it's a real test, a real challenge for him. But he came on against, uh, say, against uh, Birmingham. He did well. Uh, he did. He did well in the uh, Caribou Cup game at uh, Barnsley. So there are little. Green shoots there of of him feeling more at home in and around the first team, and that's another big issue for young players. You know, it, it can be hard in that environment, and 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 they'll flourish once they start feeling as though they're part of it, you know, and deserve to be part mm-hmm. of it. And I just got the sense that Mason's just starting to mature a little bit in his mind, given that he's in and around the first team. So it will, I'll be watching his. His progress with interest. I thought, you know, I was wondering whether you know he might have to move on to, to kind of uh, maybe kick on again and and, and, and kind of progress. But uh, he, he's here, and uh, I, I hope he, I really hope he does well. I say because I've, I've known him a long time. Yeah, uh, one man who didn't feature on Saturday is, is the new man, uh, Joe Ledley, uh, signed on a, a free transfer on the short. Yeah, burst into song there. I don't have the voice. Feeling a bit hoarse. Yeah. I'm, sure we, I'm sure we'll do that song sometime between now and the end of the season. Oh, now until January. Right, no. If you want to take it away. Not, not for now, no. No? No. We might invite him in actually on the podcast. There you go. Well, yeah. to do some of his dancing. Exactly, yeah. Got so, some moves. So that'd be good. If we do a little video with it as well. Which yeah, Facebook Live. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, new signing short term deal till January. Uh, overall thoughts on, on the signing? Well, they had to do something mm. in midfield because they left themselves very, very short. You know, the, the, what happened on deadline day with the with the midfielders, you know, uh, it's not really a deadline day the club will particularly want to 
to remember, you know, midfielders went out, as in Busfield and Bryson particularly, uh, even Timmy Max Elton went out as well. Derby thought they had Kiftenbeld, uh, they didn't, it collapsed, and suddenly they're short of numbers. And, uh, but more important than that, short of balance in midfield, I'm not too concerned about numbers, I'm more concerned about the balance of the midfield. Balance at the moment between Tom Huddleston and, and, and Bradley Johnson is not right in a two-man midfield. I think both players are suffering because of that lack of balance. You know, it's easy to have a go at them, but you know, formations are there for a reason. You know, they are to get the best out of players, and players do need the right formation in which to flourish. And at the moment, it, I don't think it's it's helping both both of those players. So Joe Ledley, experienced player, uh, Welsh international. Uh, defensive midfielder holding midfielder knows the position knows how to play it experienced in there shouldn't be a problem to him uh, he's not played very much uh, last league game was in for Palace was in February so we have to wait and see and maybe give him some time for, uh, with match sharpness uh, everything I'm being told by Gary Rowett is that, that Joe Leather's in good shape you know his fitness levels are good but it's not necessarily match fitness it's just that sharpness when things are happening around you, particularly in midfield. That sharpness to react, to react, to react, and uh, we'll see where he is with that. But you know, short-term deal as well. I think, I think, to, to be honest, I, I think everyone's a winner, really, or should be a winner on this one. Uh, good for Joe Ledley if he if he uh, if he impresses. Then I'm sure there'll be a longer mm. deal on the table. Uh, good for Derby as well. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but uh, certainly with two away games coming up, you'd imagine we will see Joe Ledley start one of them. Mm. Uh, whether he can start both, because you've got to remember, say, he's, he's been out a while, whether he starts both is, is another matter, and, and uh, I'm sure he would be looking forward to uh, the game at Cardiff at the weekend, because it's mm. one of his former clubs. Absolutely. And a club, of course, that was interested in maybe taking yes. him uh, before the window closed. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about him before on previous podcasts and, and online, and you've written stuff about him. Um, and it, this may sort of be a difficult question to answer now, having not seen him at Derby. But do, do you think he will be a good fit for Gary outside? I, I just think I say we, we haven't seen him, but I just think that the, the, that keyword balance mm. is the thing, and that's why they went after Kiftenbeld because he would have given something they've not got in there. He would have provided balance for for, for Tom Huddleston or whoever else is in, in midfield. Uh, that's why they went for Kifton Belden and, and no doubt that's why they looked at Ledley. And uh, it's that balance he brings. That's the most important thing and that's what I'm looking for because Derby have missed that type of player. They've not had that type of player for quite a long time. Uh, even when George Thorne's fitting at his best and we know what he can offer at his best. You know, He's a very talented footballer. But even he isn't, isn't that type of holding midfield player. He's more of a controller. I used to talk to Steve McLaren a lot about this position and and we, 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 we often call it a holding midfielder when actually it's a controlling midfielder. That's the way Steve used to describe it to me and, and he was right on that. But, but George controlled it through his football. Players like Joe Ledley and Kiftenbeld, uh, John Eustace uh, going back, kind of control it through, yes, on the ball by doing things nice and simple, but also without the ball. They've still got some control over midfield. Uh, there's still a presence in midfield, and, and that's what's Derby. Derby is certainly missing out at the moment, because without the ball, the midfield, as we saw against Bristol City, and once or twice against Birmingham, 
uh, can get kind of run around as such, and and that's where the balance comes in. He has that experience of, of being a winner as well, obviously with Celtic. Yes. Um, very successful with Wales yeah. in the Euros. So I mean that experience can only help the squad. Well, that's interesting because Gary Rout talked about adding at the end of last season. One of the things he said the team was short of is that. Uh, winning experience that winning mentality went for Curtis Davis of course who's won promotion played in the Premier League went for Tom Huddleston done done the same thing so uh, you can see what he's doing Andre Wisdom even you know very successful last season in in Austria so he needed to add that winning mentality you know I remember you know an example of that and why it's so important was it was the 2014 playoff final between Derby and QPR Derby were favourites going into that game because they were they were the team Mm -hmm. in form but the reason I always felt that QPR might come out top that day was because they had a lot of players who knew how to win a big game. And Derby didn't really. You know, Derby didn't really have any players in that side who, who had won things. You know, and, and, and the uh, QPR team, Joey Barton's in there, Richard Dunn was in there, you know, these types of players. Uh, and that, that mattered on the day. And I think, again, someone like Joe Ledley just sitting in that midfield, just talking to players, pulling players here and there and making sure, hey, let, for this 10 minutes we're going to be solid, for that 10 minutes we're going to give them nothing, now we can go and play, now we can't go and play. All that type of experience is is, is crucial and uh, and that comes with, with playing games and also winning games. So on Winner and Ledley then, uh, we're obviously recording this on the Monday, they play Brentford away tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Can you see... Both one, none starting featuring. Uh, interesting. I, I spoke to Gary Wright about this, uh, and there's no doubt that that Winnell and Ledley will start one of these two games. Uh, the interesting thing, first of all, for the Brentford game, is they are a different opponent, I think, than Cardiff. Mm. I think Brentford like to play. They like Bristol City, they like to play, they like to have good movement, sharp movement, lively. And Derby know this first hand experience because they were actually uh, dismantled by Brentford 4 0 at uh, Griffin Park only in, in April. So they must guard against that. Uh, so I'm wondering whether the way Brentford play also allow you to play as well as a team. So I'm wondering whether Ledley will be in, whether coming to that one or whether he will go into the Cardiff one which will be more of a physical battle uh, you know uh, Neil Warnock's got his team doing really well uh, they compete mm. they are stronger set pieces all these things very different side to Brentford so that's a decision for Gary out to make uh, he may feel that Joe Ledley can play in both uh, or start in both games we'll, we'll see Winnell I'd put him in against Brentford he's just scored a goal mm. he, he must be buzzing uh, manager said some nice things about him. Uh, I think David Nugent has looked a, a, look a little jaded uh, of late, so a little freshen up up top there would be would 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 be make sense to me certainly. Uh, and I just think, as I say, it, it feels the right time to start Winnell uh, at Brentford. On Ledley, I suppose it depends how the Brentford game is going at that time. But I mean, would it make sense to you know maybe give him? 20-25 minutes in the second half and then starting at Cardiff yeah. obviously if they're chasing the game yeah. well, I, the different. only thing I'll say about it is Derby have to deal with the next game first mm. they're not in good enough form to be planning that far ahead 
I think if I was them, they need to because the last thing they need to do is lose another away game. Mm. You know, if I was them, I think hey, let's get the Brentford game sorted first, and then we can see where we are after that. So if Gary Wright thinks Winnell should start at Brentford, starting, you know, and that's and that's what I say. You know, that's what uh, at the moment, you know, uh, Gary Wright's got to make those decisions. You know, he's coming in for a bit of criticism, so you know he has to make those decisions. It's a bit, it's a bit like we talked about. Previous podcasts of Bristol City when they were one 0 up at half time, you know I'd have made the decision then, I'd have changed it then. I'm sure, it would have been on his mind, uh, but you know he, he has to make these these big decisions. This is what managers get paid for. Uh, this is why they're coming for criticism because they're the ones who put the, the necks on the line. You know it's easy for fans and myself and media to to, to point at things and criticise after games with with hindsight and, and see the way it's gone. But managers have to make those decisions uh, before, and uh, I would deal with the Brentford game first because Derby need a result. Yeah, and on Brentford, they picked up their first win of the season uh, in the league at, at Bolton on Saturday. So I mean, you know, one win from the opening games, Derby really should be looking at that, thinking we need to take three points here. Well, yeah, they are. You know, they've got four points less than Derby. And, and Derby meant to have had an, a, a very disappointing start. Yeah. So, uh, and they won at Bolton. Well, to be honest, Bolton are still without a league win. You know, Derby won at Bolton also. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure we can read too much into that. Uh, I saw the goals at Bolton. You know, there were three absolute crackers. Well, they can't score crackers every game, so that's that. Uh, it's ne- Brentford are capable of taking any team apart. Derby uh, know that, and. Uh, even uh, the games Derby played against them of late, you know, I think Brentford have been the better side. Mm-hmm. Even the one Derby won three one down at Brentford, I think in one of Darren Wassell's games for an hour, Brentford were the better side that day. Uh, they drew a game one one at Pride Park where Brentford played Derby off the park, you know. So uh, they are a good side, but they're a better side if you allow them to be, if you allow them the space, if you allow them the time, if you allow them to to get into a rhythm. And Derby, you know, going down there to Brentford have to make it difficult and set up and say, look, you know, we ain't going to be pushed over here. You know, we're going to make it as difficult for you as possible. Mm. And we believe if we can do that, that we've got enough where we can pinch a goal or two. So that's that's the way they should do it. So, yeah, uh, good win for Brentford at the weekend. Uh, you know, uh, Dean Smith's doing, you know, I think he's doing a decent job. You know, it's, you know, it's not easy, the championship. Uh, they'll be confident after the weekend. But, you know, we say it every game, you know, there's a chance. I never go to a game thinking Derby have got no chance mm-hmm. of getting something. And, and uh, I'm going to Brentford thinking if they do the right things, they've got a chance. Yeah, well, you know, Dean Smith, after the, the game last season, he said that that was their, their best performance yeah. of the season. Yeah, it was very good. Um, Although Derby did play into their hands, yeah. yeah. But so let's just hope for. Well, for yeah, 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 yeah. I say it's and also it's, it's not an easy place to go. I mean, mm-hmm. you know the state, the, the ground there is tight. It's small ground. You know, it's great, great atmosphere. Yeah. You know, when when the when the buzzing and when the flying there, it's a, it's a tough place Pun to go. Intended, yeah, yeah well, I always saw I always saw those puns in. I just I was just wondering whether you actually caught it and understood it. it. Yeah, but uh, they yeah, they are buzzing. And they can have the place, but the place can be rocking when when they're doing well. It's certainly rocking when they stuck four past Derby and say in uh, in April. And after that, then it's uh, another tough trip uh, to Wales. Yeah, and they take on Neil Warnock's Cardiff City, flying high yeah. near the top of the championship. Yeah, indeed. 
not surprised Cardiff get mm. results. You know, Warnock gets results. Very experienced manager. Uh, knows what's needed to win games. I think that's. I think in the championship, that's absolutely. It. I always say you, you don't get extra points for artistic impression. Mm. You get three points to win. Don't matter how you win, you still get three points. And uh, he's got Cardiff winning games. Uh, again, tough place to go. Derby have been stung there quite a few times. Uh, so that'll be an interesting test, but but I think a different test to Derby face say, at Bristol City or May face at, at Brentford. Uh, so, but that's the championship. You have to be ready for different tests, and this is why this is why it's interesting about. Do you change winning team? Don't you change winning team? I think at the moment, Derby have to look at each game and work out how best to get a result. Because, uh, again, at the moment, one of the frustrations that's around and one of the reasons why fans, I think, are so frustrated is they, they're not sure what Derby are at the moment, what kind of team they are, mm. what kind of style they play. You know, and that uncertainty causes unrest. And uh, everyone's a bit frustrated. Uh, I wrote in, in the Telegraph that you know they haven't got an identity. This team now under Steve McLaren in his first spell, they had an identity of the way they played and all that. But what happened then is that identity became too well known to the opponent, and in the end, it was too easy to combat what Derby were trying to do. So what I'm saying is, you do need to mix it up. You can't have just have one identity. But at the moment, certainly part of the frustration with this Derby side is fans just don't know what to expect from them. Mm. We don't know what's going to happen next. You know, and, and Guy Wright has to somehow find a team and a side that is more consistent than that. We don't want the extremes of performance we're seeing at the moment because that, that gets you nowhere. So he's got to find some more a better consistency so fans can say, well, yeah, we know what to expect as such. We know what we are as a team. Sometimes that'll win games. Now and again, it'll lose games. But you'll know even if you lose a game, you could probably like to go on and win the next one or whatever. And I think at the moment that identity is missing, and that's why you're getting the extremes of emotions. Not an easy job to, to try and sort of fix that, though, is it? But then I suppose, as, as you said earlier, you know, that's why the managers. That, that's why the managers. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also think managers receive too much criticism. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to praise them when they mm. win, but I think they get too much criticism when they lose because, you know, it's not like they're doing anything different. You know, it's just the way football is. That happens, and uh, I think the players have to take greater responsibility. Certainly, the, the, the group of derby players have to take greater responsibility. Certainly, in away games, you know, because what we saw at Sheffield United was calamitous at times, and what we saw against Bristol City in the second half was so far away from the standard expected. It was quite unbelievable. So the responsibility for that lies with the players. And it'll be the players against Brentford and Cardiff who will be, you know, they'll be under the spotlight. Uh, and it's up to them to deliver. You mentioned uh, about Neil Warnock. <clears throat> Obviously, he knows how to get results from this division. Um, you've both... Been around the game for a long time. Are you trying time. to say we're old? <laughs> Absolutely not. He's older than me. That was I know. That's, I know. That, I think he is older than me. Yeah, Probably. I think so. Blimey, yeah. Yeah. I didn't Christ. know. I didn't know there was anyone older than me. You know, <laughs> I mean, and actually listening to some of my my friends on Facebook having a pop at me at the weekend, uh, I had to check my own birth certificate because they called me some things on there that uh, 
you know, that suggests I was older than, than actually I am. I'm sure there's some people on Twitter that call you worse than... than I think you call me worse, don't you, when I'm not here? <laughs> I'd call you worse so, when you so, are here. So, yeah, so, so Chris has told me. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was going to ask is, uh, have, have you ever sort of crossed paths with him uh, as, I d- as a person? I, I don't really know Neil. No. No. Uh, obviously, I've been in lots of press conferences with him. Yeah. Uh, after games at, at these various clubs. Uh, and, you know... You can see at all the clubs he's been at. You can see what he's about. Very passionate, mm-hmm. you know. Very competitive. Uh, and as I said earlier, he just knows how to get results. I mean, just looking at the record here, you know, one six drew two, lost one. Uh, eight goals conceded in nine games. You know, uh, yeah. as I said before, uh, it was clear at the end of last season, and probably is this season. If you're going to Cardiff like Derby are Saturday. You've got to be ready to to, to mm-hmm. earn whatever you're going to get. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to battle. You're certainly going to have to defend set plays very well uh, because that's the strength of theirs. And uh, so there's no there's no surprise about what you're going to face with, mm-hmm. with a Neil with a Neil Warnock team. Yeah, and a, a striker in Ken Sahor who's uh, <clears throat> you know he's, he's yeah. had a, a great time at Cardiff and obviously been linked to the Premier League yeah. heavily throughout the summer. Yeah, I mean again, this is this is this is a championship, isn't it? I mean, Cardiff had to go through some pain last season. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's ex, you know great expectations there as well, and 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 so sometimes teams have to go through some pain. Sometimes teams need a season of transition. I know fans don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. But there's something that has to come as time when when you're in transition. Now, you know there is a feeling among supporters that maybe that this season is going to be Derby's transitional season. Uh, we'll see. I still think it's too early to predict that. Mm. Uh, I think eight games in for Derby. I mean, Gary Wright pointed out to me after the game against Birmingham that if they won their game in hand as it stands, it'd be one point outside the playoffs. Mm. So why the gnashing of teeth? You know. Uh, so, but. Again, we, we modern day football judges too early. Mm. And it's one of the one, it's one of the problems with modern day football. Uh, we want we want to jump on things too early. We want to judge managers too early. We want to judge players too early. We want to judge teams too early. And I've always said, and I've never changed from this, that twelve to fifteen games in a championship season is the time I have a, I have a look. By that time, you usually find that most of the top six is settling. Not all of it, but most of it. And similar at the bottom, so you know until we get to that mark, uh, we, we'll see what happens. And I say we'll we'll certainly learn a lot more about Derby after these uh, two away games. Yeah, I mean in terms of sort of fans, I think it's probably just the manner of the defeats, isn't it? And, and as you yeah, said earlier, yeah, the, the contrast. They, 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 they're, put, so they're confused. Yeah. I think yeah. fans were the, the, what I'm grasping from some fans is they're a little confused mm-hmm. and a little frustrated and a little angry as well uh, that they're not sure. What Derby, this Derby team is mm. is about, and uh, maybe that's what transition is. Yeah. yeah, that's whole part of transition. If that's the case, and uh, you know, I say I always say, you know, it's a championship. You will lose games. Mm. Key is always is if you do lose a game, how you react in the next one. Absolutely. Uh, back to Cardiff then, mm. and one player there who, who's made an impact since arriving is is Derby's very own Craig Bryson. <laughs> Uh, on loan, obviously, we, we went over the midfield situation on deadline yes, day. Yeah. Um, and Gary Wright said before, if if he knew the Kifton Bell deal wasn't going to happen, then Bryson wouldn't have been allowed to yeah. leave. Um, but he's, he's certainly started well at Cardiff, hasn't he? Scored yeah, well, good, well, Craig's a good player. He's an experienced player as well. He played a lot of games for Derby, twice Player of the Year. You know, uh, 
arguably as good a signing pound for pound as in the fee it costs Derby and the service he's given them obviously as good a signing as we've seen in the last 10 years uh, when he's at his game he's very effective uh, you know great dynamo great energy uh, can score goals we know that uh, didn't have the best last couple of seasons here not at the best of times for a number of reasons injuries in and out of the team uh, in and out of form uh, it doesn't really suit Bryce that he, he's one of these players who, who has to be in the team has to get into a groove with his fitness his energy and, 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 his, and his play once he's in that groove you know he, he, he can be very effective and if Cardiff can get him in that groove and he can start scoring goals for him then he's going to be a very valuable player for him you know I feel a little bit for Gary Rowett on this one because a lot of people are point, a lot of people point the finger saying oh it's a massive mistake letting him go well you know Gary Rowett had to do certain things on transfer deadline day that, that he felt would benefit the team moving forward unfortunately you can't move players out that teams don't want uh, you, and, you know and Cardiff wanted Craig Bryson and Gary Rowett had to make a decision in order to do all the things he maybe had to let some players go and, and unfortunately Craig Bryson was one of them so uh, there were reasons why mm. uh, but yeah it, there's no doubt that Bryce uh, could be a very good player for, for Cardiff and uh, it's a great quote from uh, Neil Warnock at the weekend you know, he was, uh, was praising Bryson saying settled in well he's great and I said the only problem is I can't understand him <laughs> uh, so, but that's typical Neil Warnock. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it'll be good. I hope I see. I hope I see him when I go down uh, to Cardiff at the weekend. It'll be nice to see him. Of course, he won't be able to play because uh, of, of the loan agreement yeah, sure. between the two two teams. But uh, it'd be good to see him and catch up. Mm. Um, I know earlier in the, in the podcast you say you never go anywhere thinking Derby don't stand the chance, mm. um, and I presume that, that will be the same on Saturday. But I mean, do you hold out much hope for a, a win there? I said before, I don't. I don't think uh, there's a team in this division where you go and think we haven't got mm. we haven't got a chance. Don't forget, it's, it's very different to my, to the one season stay in the Premier League that time where we used to go everywhere and thinking, well, we haven't got a chance. Uh, the Championship is a Championship because teams have a chance in the mm. games in the games they're involved in. Of course, there are better sides than others, but that doesn't necessarily mean you you haven't got a chance. And uh, uh, you know. I look at Cardiff, and as I say, we know what they're going to do. You know, uh, you've got a fair idea of what they're about. But it's the same always. If you go and your game's right and you do the right things, certainly in away games, you, away games you've got to do the right things. Some very basic things about away games. You know, you go there. It doesn't matter what you do actually too much with the ball for twenty minutes. But as long as you don't give the home side any encouragement, as long as you don't make any mistakes, as long as you're very solid. As I say, and certainly don't concede. You know, you get to certain stages. You know, I always thought you get halfway through the first half. Then, if you can get to half time, then if you can get to an hour, if you're still in the game, then at every away game you go to, the crowd, the home crowd, then become a little frustrated and a little edgy, and a little nervy. And once it gets to that stage, anything's possible. So, Derby just haven't done the basics right in away games. They didn't do the basics at Sheffield United. They shot themselves in the foot. Mistake from Scott Carson, first one. Johnny Russell's drilled a fine finishing for an own goal on the second. So they shot themselves in the foot. You can't you can't expect uh, in any game to shoot yourself in the foot and, and win the game. But certainly in a away game, you can't give the home side that encouragement by being cal- as calamitous as Derby were that day. Uh, at Bristol City, 
even though they were winning, they were still giving Bristol City too much time and space in which to play. That was encouraging Bristol's players, which in turn encourages the fans, thinking we can get back into this, we can get yeah, back into this. Yeah. When really you should be closing the games down, you know, doing the basics well. You know, it's a great thing about doing basics well. Everyone thinks it's about you know playing all oh, this wonderful do football and all yeah. that. Just do the basics yeah. well. If you do the basics well and you work hard, you always have a chance. So are you um, still not making any predictions? No, we're not doing predictions now. No. Uh, I would say that Chris would. You got it wrong again, didn't you, at the week uh, before in the uh, last Yes, Oscar? yeah, we both got yeah. it wrong. I said 3 1. 3 Chris, 1. Chris said 2 1. God. You said, you said three, I'm going for so a the, win. So there's only two goals in the game, and you said to be four. <laughs> so that's miles off the mark, and Chris went for 2 1 with a game which is wrong. So actually. You also went for a home win, might I just add? Only because I was forced. Actually, the only correct score we've had this season is Bolton away. And when I gave you two scores correct, and I'm still not forgiving you for, for having a go at me on that, and that's why I retired from doing predictions. We're not starting. That's why that I retired. Because I gave you the two correct scores, one at 92 minutes, one at 95. I couldn't be more accurate, and I was shot down in flames, so I'm not, I'm not doing predictions anymore, and I'm taking my ball home. <laughs> Uh, right. Well, is there anything else that you want to add? Not really. I'd say I think I think it, we're getting to that stage now. Say where we kind of have to kind of get rid of this frustration somehow, mm-hmm. and that's I say that's down to the team and the players. You know, they've got to somehow. Uh, I mentioned perception in the last podcast we did. They've got to somehow change the perception of of the team, and the perception is that. Not sure what they're going to do from game to game. Uh, not sure uh, which team is going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Not sure with individuals can they back up one good performance with another. And all this, as I say, leads to a little confusion and a little frustration. And and that's where I sense the the, the fans are at the moment. And the only way you can change that, the only way you can can alter the the, the feeling, is by stringing together. Uh, a few good performances as I said before you will lose games so I'm not saying mm. you know don't lose another game all season all I'm saying is they need to now to Derby to string together a few games uh, unbeaten and whether that means grabbing a draw here and there that's fine you know no problem because then you build on it on the, on the next game uh, but they've certainly got to do that and, and I'm going to be interested to see how they cope with these back to back away games because they've, they've come in for a lot of criticism players are aware of that Managers aware of that, uh, and and you know, it hurts them. And this is what the managers has said: it hurts them that some people don't believe they've got what it takes. Certainly on the road in away games, mm. so it's up to the players to to prove to prove people wrong, absolutely. and and we'll be absolutely delighted if mm. if they if they do that. And I say this is why the next couple of games are are, are very important. Because uh, if you can do, if you can get a couple of good results, then the international break, and then after that, of course, it's Nottingham Forest. So yeah. you don't want to be going into the Forest home game uh, having struggled in in, in, in two, away, uh, two away games before that. I guess so that everybody um, goes through a, a, a bad patch in the season. I'm not saying that this is a, a bad patch, no. but um, you know, every team yeah, does. does go through bad patches. I mean, Exeter City are an example that stand out for me at the start of last season. They were hounding out their manager. Yeah, Anna. And then all of a sudden he's turned it around, got them to the playoff final. They're top of the league now, I believe. Um, yeah. 
just uh, shows how quickly it, it does. And we, we mentioned Lee Johnson, didn't we, at Bristol City? Yeah, yeah, you know, we had a bit of a toy time last mm. season, and everyone, a lot of fans there were suggesting that maybe it's time he, he went. Uh, Chairman dug his heels in, quite mm. rightly so, uh, backed his manager, and now, you know, look at them now. They, they look a different side. So it, it can happen, uh, but it won't happen if you, if you change managers quickly. You know, you've got to give managers time, you know. Uh, and I know they don't get time these days, and, and, and that's, yeah. that's part of the problem of modern football. But, but one of the reasons Derby are where they are right this minute, one of the reasons is they've changed to manager too many times. Mm. One of the reasons the squad is as it is at the moment is because they've changed managers too many times. One of the reasons question marks will, will have been asked about re- the, the recruitment uh, is because of changed recruitment department too many times. You make changes all the time. There has to come a spell when you've got to settle down and start trying to progress and move forward again. And so, you know, any suggestions that that that, that you should change manager after eight games, really, for for me, is yeah. it, it, ludicrous. Because, you know, what, what happens then? Who do you bring in? Mm-hmm. You know. Will they want the same players? Will they want to change everything in January and next summer? You're just going nowhere like that. And so, you know, there are examples out there, as you rightly said, Exeter, which have got a soft spot for that club, and they've got a very good manager. Uh, they're reaping the, the, the rewards from that. You know, they had a dreadful start of the season, and yet they got to Wembley and, and very nearly went yeah. up. And now the top of the league or wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. Lee Johnson, we've mentioned. And there'll be other examples out there as well. So, you know, Say, let's. I think at the moment we just need to stay a little calm, uh, but it is really up to the players to start delivering and changing the perception. Excellent. Uh, actually, just quickly before we go, did uh, you catch the Steel City derby yesterday? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, again, uh, Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Wilder's doing a great job. We, we, we saw them beat Derby, and I thought they beat Derby well. Uh, we saw the way they did it. Mm. You know, no nonsense, a lot of energy. A lot of desire, uh, and yeah, I mean that's a great result for them. I mean I feared for them at two-two, uh, but to recover as they did and win four-two, I thought was terrific. And and, and you know the, where they are in the table, I think the fourth at the moment. I mean what a fantastic start for them Absolutely. in the championship. Can they keep it going? We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but I was you know pleased. I'm pleased for Paul Coots. I know I know Paul saw him when we went up to Bramall Lane uh, recently. Uh, good footballer Paul Coots very unlucky here got a bad injury uh, but uh, a talented footballer and he's, he's having a real influence mm. on Sheffield United so I'm delighted for him as I say and uh, from from what I'm being told or what I've been told about Chris Wilder you know he's a proper football man mm. you know and uh, you could see the passion from him couldn't, couldn't yeah. you on the side uh, we, we, which was great to see Sheffield wins he, he, he is yeah but that's what I believe so yeah. so and and you can see, yeah. you know, and and he's got the team really fighting and battling. And uh, uh, it was young lad played up front for them. I can't remember his name. He come from Manchester City. He got man of the match. He he yes. looked he looked a real talent. He did so. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on him certainly. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Yeah, but, book, but you know, we talk about expectations again. And Sheffield Wednesday. Look at them. Yeah. You know, know, you know. Again, looking at the table here, you know, they may have expected to have a better start than mm-hmm. they've had. Uh, so it, it, this division is, is what it is, you know. And as I, I keep harping backwards, you know, George Burley is the best manager 
uh, I've known for kind of remaining level-headed throughout. You know, win, lose or draw. Mm. He understood the, the the nature of this division. He understood there'll be highs and lows. Uh, and if you get too excited and too up or too down, you tie yourself in knots. Mm. And at, at the moment, I just feel there's a bit of that around at the moment with Derby. You know, five nil one week, four one defeat the next, and it's. Uh, I think fans are finding it difficult to, to work out exactly what this Derby team is about, mm. but only the, only they can change that. Lovely stuff. Well, Steve, thank you very much for your company. Yeah, always, did a lot of talking uh, there. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 while, I while, while Chris is drinking in Lisbon. Yes, that's it. I, yeah. I hope he's listening. I hope, I hope he's himself fine. in Lisbon. We're putting in the hard yards here. Quite. I'm pretty sure it was Lisbon. Yeah, Should I, I get double double money for this one? Absolutely not. No, 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 not a chance. Even a coffee, maybe? I offered you a coffee before we came down it. Oh, did you? And you said no. I said no. no just, that would have been my yeah. mineral water yeah. or whatever it is over there. Yes, that would have been the second you'd made me in seven months now. All right. Anyway, uh, but yeah, thanks for your company. <clears throat> Appreciate that. Thanks to uh, to all the listeners as well. Obviously, if you're, you're heading to uh, Brentford or Cardiff this week, safe safe trip there and back. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can catch up with all of our Rams news and views online at www.darbytelegraph.co.uk. Uh, the podcast is also on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for your company, and uh, we'll see you again. <laughs>